So quick update, first of all, to start us off on something we talked about, uh, I think a couple months ago on this show, which is about one of our favorite oils, olive oil, uh, the prices of which have gone nuts this year because I guess the droughts in Europe and everything. And do you recall us talking we, about this? Did we stock up before this happened or are we getting nailed with our olive oil? I think we're okay because I get it in bulk on Amazon. So I think we had some going, but I don't... Um, are we still getting it? Um, I think... I don't know when our next delivery of it is due. I take it off the order in... in Unless we're low, but I don't think we're low right now. Um, in any case, I just thought this was a an absolutely wild story. Um, you know, we know the prices have been high because the supplies have gone down because yes. of the droughts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we covered all that. But listen to this story. Um, this is out of Greece. In an olive grove on the outskirts of Athens, a grower, Konstantinos Marku, pushes aside the shoots of new growth to reveal the stump of a tree. A roughly 150-year-old specimen, he said, that was among 15 cut down on his neighbor's land by thieves eager to turn it into money. Wow. Surging olive oil prices, driven in part by two years of drought in Spain, has meant opportunity for criminals across the Mediterranean. Warehouse break-ins, the dilution of premium oil with inferior product, and falsification of shipping data are on the rise in all of growing heartlands of Greece, Spain, and Italy. And perhaps worst of all, gangs using chainsaws to steal heavily laden branches and even entire trees from unguarded groves. Wow. So they're just taking the tree full of ripe olives, cutting it down, and running off with it. Who knew olive oil and organized crime was a thing? The olive robbers can sometimes produce more oil than the owners themselves. Seriously, Marcus said before heading off to patrol his own grove at nightfall. The crimes mean fewer olives for growers already contending with high production costs and climate changes that have brought warmer winters, major flooding, and more intense forest fires. In Italy's southern Julia region, growers are pleading with police to form an agriculture division. Greek farmers want to bring back a rural police division that was phased out in 2010. In Spain, a company has developed tracking devices that look like olives to try to catch thieves. <laughs> the groves outside of Athens are part of an agricultural tradition that stretches back to antiquity on plains that now surround the city's international airport. What does antiquity mean? I mean, no, it means old, but what does it technically mean? Antiquity means ancient times, really. Okay. Right? But that's the legend, of course, of Athena giving Athens the olive tree. Oh, really? In her competition with Poseidon. Your daughter would know this. He's the water god. Yes, he's the ocean god. Yes. And she's the goddess of wisdom and making things and planning strategy. Hmm. Um, she's the smart goddess, right? And they were in a competition to see who would be the patron god of Athens, which I think you can tell how it turns out by the name of the city, right? Because uh, yes. they're not named Poseidonville. Right. So, anyway. Am I being condescended to? <laughs> so, anyway, um, Poseidon made them a spring of water in the middle of the city, but it was salt water. Ooh. So, it wasn't that useful. But Athena gave them an olive tree, which, of course, is useful for the gotcha. oil, for food, for all this stuff, and becomes the patron saint of their Who knew? Goddess, Thank goodness I guess, got, of the city. we got a backlog of it, but. Olive oil is absolutely delicious, and it's one of. The, I'm glad you mentioned that because it reminds me of something I wanted to talk about, mm -hmm. which is a result of a talent that you have, Alice. Okay. Um, which is, let me say this delicately, 
<laughs> oh, is this a, a backhanded compliment? <laughs> this talent that I have? No, 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 it's not. It's actually a real compliment. I thought you thought I was going to work blue for a moment, but I wasn't. Which is uh, your ability to um, dice onions. You're an excellent onion dicer. It's one of those things, when I look at the pluses and minuses of our union here, <laughs> big pluses are your ability and willingness to crank out deviled eggs, mm-hmm. which is really a labor-intensive, miserable task, but you love eggs it. Eggs in general are one of my you are, you're very good, good at eggs. kicking, th- kicking you're, things. You're right. Yeah. And your ability to dice onions. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. Having diced onions around is fantastic. And when you cut them, you cut them way too big. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't you, have the thing that the I patience, think it's a patience thing. It's a patience. Yes, exactly. And you thrive in misery. So you like <laughs> to do that like that way. Um, and I feel like it's a it's a cop out to buy them pre-diced in the store. So you're paying mm-hmm. like two sixty nine for an onion that should be worth 39 cents. Right. I don't feel good about that. Onions are one of those things that's still very economical to buy. Oh, and, and wonderful. And, and, and delicious. Makes all your cooking so much better. There's almost, you know, no way to go wrong if you start off making your dinner with olive oil and then chopped onions and garlic cooking well, well, on right. a stove. That's, if that's the beginning of whatever you're making, it's going to, it can't go wrong. It can't really, nothing correct. can happen it, bad. It should be, it's fair to say that all you need in your life is olive oil, onions, garlic, salt, and pepper, and that you are done. Anything else there is window dressing. Um, but... I might make a case to have some kind of acid in there, either like lemon or a vinegar. Oh, no, or, there's no yeah. doubt, but you don't need those. I mean, it is, and we do have, since Awaken 180, we've been, we have lemons on hand now, always. And also economical, surprisingly. Uh, yes, yes. Not that expensive. But yeah, the. And they keep forever in the fridge, and mm-hmm. they don't keep forever outside of the fridge. These are things I've, I've discovered. By the way, I've also been told to, uh, to make avocados ripen, you put them in a paper bag. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, diced onions are a wonderful, but it's become now one of these things where I'm making food so that I can have the onions. So recently, I've discovered that you can buy gyros, gyros, the steak, lamb things, the strips. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get those at Market Basket now, and this has been a huge thing. They're delicious. They're easy. They're pre-cooked. It's the easiest thing in the world. And so I've been adding like cream cheese and tzatziki and a whole bleep load of hot peppers, which I love. And, I, uh, and I've got a good hot pepper system going where I just, whatever that's called. You have like a little tiny food processor. You stuff them all in there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's the only like hot ghost pepper, bonnet pepper like thing. It, it's only used for that because it's so toxic in the house. And so I've been using, uh, so, so it's, what I'm saying is that these onions are incentivizing me to eat more. And it's one of these mm-hmm. things, much like like avocado oil and olive oil. There's almost no place you can't you just put some olive oil on. Mm-hmm. There isn't. You can put it on a salad. You can put it on. You can put it on bagels if you want it. You can put it anywhere. It just oh, yeah. kind of works places. But my feeling is, uh, being a former fat, is that these things are now the tail is wagging the dog. So I'm mm-hmm. wanting to whack out diced onions. For the high of diced onions, secondary is the food. Mm-hmm. So that is a challenge of mine. But there are other foods like that. And other, like sriracha sauce, which is now not available anymore, is one of those things that used to I used to want to eat just to use a sriracha sauce. Right. Hot Chinese cooking oil, you know, with the, mm. the spices in it, which is, you know, just 
tears through your esophagus, you know, is gorgeous. <clears throat> and one of those things that I do, that I like to use when it comes to when it comes to um, desserts as well. I was a big time, and I still think of the taste. Those uh, coconut flakes that you put on ice cream. Mm-hmm. Those are so good. So good. I don't even know what... I assume there's no coconut in those? I assume it's... I'm not sure. Oh, I mean, there's... They've been a coconut maybe at one time. It is so mostly gorgeous. Mostly, I think they're sugar. Yeah. Point. Oh, it's wonderful. It's the same thing with actually... With what we're doing with um, with uh, the yogurt, the fat-in yogurt, mm-hmm. and then putting the syrup on it. It's like... This is just a way to get... Essentially, you know, the some foods it's taste, some foods it's the burn, some foods it's um, texture. You know, it, it it's it's everything but hunger. Yeah, yeah, and the yogurt bears talking about too because, you know, you got one recently, and I said, oh, you didn't because we buy the big things of unsweetened yogurt, the big pint size is that a pint no it's got to be a quart it's more than a pint yeah yeah and, and it's um, um whatever the big things of them and um and we add we get the unsweetened ones and add like either a stevia or a monk fruit right. based sweetener full fat right full fat usually, because that has less and, sugar and then the, and then the, usually the um the um the stuff that's very thick, like the um, what's the cabot creamery makes it right. It's, so it's, it's so, very but comparable said, in price, oddly one, enough, with the market basket price. Right. So you got one that was not Greek, and I was like, oh, it's not the Greek one, and you were yep. like, oh, like I was being picky or something, and then you realize that it does make absolutely it's a difference. All the, difference. the Greek it's style a yogurt, cream cheese and sour cream. It's totally. Right. It's a different animal completely. Yes. The Greek yogurt is so good, higher protein too, generally speaking, and then. And then even within the types of Greek yogurt, like you said, there's such a difference between brands. And our favorite, to be honest with you, is the Cabot Greek style yogurt unsweetened. And, you know, we throw some nuts or berries in there and, you know, a a fake non-sugar sweetener. And it's so good. It's so good. And it makes an awesome breakfast. And you're so full after. That's like what we eat for breakfast almost always. That or like eggs. It is so good and so easy considering, you know, we've got one of the nonstop challenges we have here with our army of kids, et cetera, and just us is there's dirty frying pans everywhere. So this allows (laughs) us to sidestep all of the culinary crap that needs to be cleaned, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it is is delicious. It feels like I'm doing something wrong because it's so delicious. But you could, it's also a good way because I like to walk in the morning. Good way to have a lighter breakfast, mm-hmm. and I, I. But you're loaded up then with fat and protein, so right. you're full, which is important if you're trying to. You know, that's one of the things about doing the Wake and One Eighty is being full all the time, and that's like yes. one way of doing that. You're not hungry if that's what you eat for breakfast, unlike if you eat, you know, a piece of toast and jam, and you're like your blood sugar spikes. But yeah, that's our favorite breakfast. But anyway, um. Where were we even going with this? Um, it's the idea of these accessories, eating for reasons other than hunger. Oh, okay, because you like food. Well, yes, I like food. I like the sweetness of the yogurt. I'm not having that yogurt if it's not for if it's not jazzed up. You know, I used to despise. I had a well, personal... yogurt, those Greek-style yogurts, because they're so thick like that, they can also be really good as a combo with savory things if you are not adding sweetener to it. Yeah, I get you know, off put by yogurt in like I I, I, I ate at a, an Iranian restaurant one time and we had something that had yogurt in it. It's like, eh. 
Oh, but that's like, I mean, that's kind of a staple of Eastern European cuisine is to, I mean, because you're halfway to a tzatziki kind of. Okay. but Right? I'm, but so yeah. like that pita that I make, that's all the layers of phyllo dough and cheese. Yes, that's, that's often eaten traditionally with a plain unsweetened yogurt as like the dip for it, basically. I, I, I or yeah. like borscht. Yeah, but the, the thing is, that the, is most a Americans, lot of times people will put sour cream or yogurt in it. Most Americans, I think, grew up with yogurt being a sweet thing. Dan and yogurt, yo play, which was always a guilty pleasure. Yeah, but so, but but so so my entree into yogurt was always sweet, and I think most mm-hmm. Americans, most people listening, probably it was as well. Right. Um. So so I just don't I don't think of it necessarily that way. But you know what I do think of Alice. What? You're a fan of. Have you ever been to a restaurant chain called McDonald's? Indeed, I have. Yes. Are you a fan of the what we call the crocodile shoe? I don't know what that means. It is the short version is Crocs. Oh, no, I'm not a fan of the crocodile shoe. Is there anybody <laughs> in the family who wears Crocs? Everyone except me. That's correct. And baby Peter, who's I don't know that they make his size. No, yeah, not yet. But I will. I wear Crocs for the utility of them. They're not real shoes. It's it's molded plastic that crushes my feet generally. But <laughs> but there's a use for them. And and I and I use them around pools of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, McDonald's and Crocs release line of shoes inspired by Grimace and the Hamburglar. Aside from Grimace and the Hamburglar, uh, Birdie the early bird is also immortalized in foam footwear. You remember Bird Birdie the early bird, right? <laughs> I feel like I should know, but I'm unfamiliar. I've never I do heard know of- the Hamburglar and Grimace. Yes. Grimace may be va- vaguely bear-like, a vaguely bear-like creature of unknown genus, but he's certainly not hibernating this season. Those Is he you, a bear-like? Those creature? of you, I'm not um, sure he's really a bear. In public relations, get used to writing like this. <laughs> unknown genus. <laughs> On November 13th, McDonald's and Crocs announced a collaboration that takes the nostalgic characters of McDonald Land and immortalizes them into Crocs footwear. With a full line of shoes, socks, and gibbets charms. Those are those little things that go in the holes, the gibbets charms. I could tell Yeah. So, no, by the way, when you think about this, you think the person who thought of this marketing idea, who pitched this at the meeting, mm-hmm. hear me out. We're going to reach out to the Crocs people. They were, the decision makers could have easily just have fired this person. It could have gone easy either way because it's, you know, there's a difference between the way, you know, some of these marketing managers think. Mm-hmm. And out of the box is very close to insane. You know? <laughs> yes. So anyway, but you know what I do like, Alice? McDonald's, Crocs, Ray Croc. Huh? Oh. Huh? The line, it's, it's not that impressive. <laughs> <It's fun. laughs> wow. I re- that really hit, huh? <laughs> oh. This is... This is a, as easy as it is to date you? Yes. Whoa. <laughs> you can kiss me. <laughs> the line, which brands say will elevate any look, become... Elevate any look. <laughs> become available beginning November 4th. The line is McDonald's first ever collaboration with Crocs, joining Taco Bell and KFC in the collection of fast food-themed footwear to hit the market in recent uh, years. The brands match Crocs' classic clogs and cozy sandals. Yes, that's with three Zs. With McDonald's characters Grimace, Birdie, the Early Bird, and Hamburglar, as well as the chain's color scheme to create a limited edition collection designed to give fast food lovers a way to step in, into the literal shoes of their favorite mascots. Ooh. 
This is <laughs> You know what I've always thought when seeing Grimace or the Hamburglar is dang, I really wish I could wear their shoes. The shoe Step line- into their literal shoes, if you will. And missed opportunity because Ronald McDonald being a sort of clown mm-hmm. has shoes. Yeah, but I think they probably market tested clown and said, no, no, <laughs> Clown no. shoe crocs. No, Pennywise, uh, Torpedo, <laughs> McDonald's, uh, Ronald. The shoe line is now live on the Crocs website and Crocs, le- Crocs le- retail locations. I'm going to reach out to them and see if they will send us a pair. Do you want a pair for you? I don't wear Crocs generally, but, you know, maybe yeah, but- I like McDonald's, so maybe this can be my entree you remember, into Crocs. Remember the Uber Eats? Yes, when, when, yes, when McDonald's collaborated with Uber Eats and they got the world-famous merchandise that you got when you were working in media, and uh, and I wear that. And, you know, I wore my McDonald's sweat. It's like a matching sweatshirt and sweatpants that say world-famous on it about their world-famous fries. And um, the, like, 20-year-olds at the restaurant I was working at said it was a pretty swag outfit. Very nice. So... I was cool. Wait, you didn't gush and blush when he said that, did you? <laughs> How did that end up? Anyway. Look at these happy crocs. <laughs> Those are pretty happy crocs. Oh, I do know that character. That's the early bird. I didn't know its name, but that's, yeah. Birdie the early bird's classic clogs come in the character's signature yellow and pink with gibbets that represent her origins as the chain's breakfast. Oh, I'm sorry for you guys in PR. I'm sorry. But although I'm about to reach out to you for some Crocs, as a matter of fact, so I'm not that sorry. Um, no, I, I like that. You know, I think that McDonald's branded merchandise is pretty cool. You also gave me um, some SpaghettiOs 100th anniversary or 95th anniversary or something merchandise that yes. I had that was awesome as well. What happened to that? I that was know. a lot of stuff. We had a... SpaghettiOs bag, a SpaghettiOs shirt, a SpaghettiOs, uh, of all things, Rubik's Cube. Right. That we have had the SpaghettiOs Rubik's Cube around, although I think it's missing some of its outside stickers because some people in our extended family are Rubik's Cube cheaters who try to remove the stickers. Oh, yeah, that is true. That is Um, true. Dateline Starbucks. Or did you have something? No, go ahead. We can do Starbucks Dateline Starbucks. So this is one of those stories that if we were on my other podcast, I would be calling for incoming ICBMs. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to because this is the, the non-political happy podcast. Happy podcast. Mm-hmm. Starbucks customers are camping out for red Stanley cups and selling them for hundreds of dollars. Came in for opening shift and there was a group of people that slept with tents outside the uh, outside for the cups, wrote one Starbucks worker. Collaboration between two beverage giants has fans going to extreme lengths. Now, this is Stanley as in the, the toolmaker Stanley, right? These Stanley How Cups are a thing. Mean our next-door neighbor's daughter... That wouldn't oh, be oh. a collaboration between two beverage giants, though, would it? Our next-door neighbor's daughter, who's a sophomore, a freshman in high school, has a Stanley Cup. But I don't know what it is. I, okay, on November 2nd, Starbucks dropped its latest frenzy-inducing merch item, a Stanley Quencher, in a holiday-ready uh, shade of red, sold in stores for 50 bucks. The 40-ounce, 40 40-ounce, 40 Alice. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Stanley is a drinking cup company started oh. in 1913. Wow. The 40-ounce double-wall vacuum-insulated tumbler has those uh, on water talk in a chokehold. Water talk, T-O-K. Um, 
Despite the fact that Starbucks never officially announced the product, its drop has inspired a palpable fever online and in Starbucks stores. This apparently includes more than one instance of customers pitching tents inside Starbucks parking lots. Uh, but do you have the Stanley Cup? Reads the title of the November 8th post with the mocking Spongebob meme in the r Starbucks subreddit. Yeah, this is way online. In the comments section of the post, several Redditors discuss the links. People have gone to score the coveted cup. So there you go. Uh, came in for the opening shift, and there was a group of people that slept with tents outside for the cups. Commented one Starbucks worker, to which another said, same at my store, claiming that by 9 a.m. half the shelf was empty. Opener said we had a line of people when she got there, a half hour before open. So there you go. These Stanley Cups, I have not even seen one. Oh, no, now I'm seeing. 40 ounce. The thing is huge. It doesn't look, uh, it doesn't look, doesn't look great. But so, so kids drinking, you, that's a thing. It was not a thing when I was a kid. You would have a thermos as a kid, but we didn't all have our, our personal water throughout the day ever until like the late 80s when people would have, but generally there weren't bottles that we would just get at the store, a bottle of water or actually tiny cartons of water. But, um, but this is a thing, a $50 cup. I'm not doing this. I think um, reusable cups, especially stainless steel ones, have increased a lot in popularity because it's considered like sustainable. And right? this is hydro flasks. Yeah, like a hydro flask, and and stainless steel is considered like a good material to be using because it's, you know, it it's a little bit cooler than plastic, obviously because plastic's bad for the environment and, you know, could be leaching BPA into your right. drink or whatever. And so I think a lot of these brands, um, what's the other one? It's at Dick's Sporting Goods. That one that everybody has. It's a McDonald's Crocs I'm seeing are $85. That doesn't shock me. Um, what are the ones, the expensive ones that everybody has that are um, like the super rugged ones? They're sold at Dick's Sporting Goods. Everybody has them. Uh, um. Is that the one you got me a few years ago? We got one for your brother, I think, and we have a cup. We got is it, it. Keurig? It has a name no. like that? Um, I forgot, but yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I think that that and Hydroflask and a lot of those Hydroflask types of is things. Hydroflask is a word? Hydroflask is a brand. Um. But yeah, a, a Hydro Flask is a brand. Is it um, Yeti? Yeti. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. That's the one that's at Dick's Sporting Goods. But I think a lot of those have gained in popularity. And I assume these Stanley ones, too, even though they've been around since 1913, I assume that that's like a big part of the popularity of them is this aspect of the sustainability. Right. I yeah. mean, I'm sure they've been around for like people who camp and stuff because you use obviously a lot of metal cookware and and dishware when you're camping and doing things like that but you know i i don't think they had a lot of popularity like metal water bottles and drinking cups uh, it, outside yeah. of outdoorsy activities I, I can never i'm skeeved out by those water bottles that have the the end and you, you screw on the thing at the end it's like how do you ever know that, that thing is clean inside how do you ever know it's like one of the things I liked about Awaken 180 was with the bottles, the powdered mix, they were clear so you could see what was going on in there. I want to know what's going on. 
I don't want a, wa- a bottle of anything. Like, I understand, but you also like plastic water bottles, yeah, like the them. disposable ones. But a lot of people have moved away from more disposable dishes and and eating products. Which is what people are going to do before they move back to disposable dishes. When we find out, we've done this with paper bags. We had to save a tree in the eighties. Then we all moved to plastic because we were saving trees, and now we have to save the turtles and the seagulls, and now we're back to paper. Mm-hmm. Or your own, which, of course, you're supposed to wash, if it, but, which is made from petroleum products anyway. You can't win, can't lose, it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, I was going to say to you, too, um, you know, with the Starbucks Stanley Cup thing, um, that this is everything's like a gimmick now and same with like the mcdonald's crocs and the ice cream museum and everything that we've everything has to like have a theme or be a thing and you know the pr people have lots of work to do writing things but um one that i assume we're gonna have to do with our daughter anytime now when she notices that this is a thing is that in boston did you see that there's a real life central park coffee house opening in Boston, where in is Boston, it? In Boston on Newbury Street. Boston-based fans of the oh. hit television show Friends can now hang out inside a real-life Central Perk coffee house. The Central Perk Coffee Company opened a new location on Newbury Street in Boston Tuesday morning. Here's some news to brighten your day. The eagerly awaited Central Perk coffee house is set to open its doors at 7 a.m., they wrote in a Facebook post. Nestled within a Newbury Street brownstone, this permanent location is set to become a landmark destination oh, where cherished it? memories, extraordinary coffee, and food converge. It's inspired by the cafe beneath the apartments that Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow, David Schwimmer, Matthew Perry, and Matt LeBlanc called home on the sitcom from 1994 to 2004. Designed by award-winning architecture and interior design firm Glenn and Company, the inaugural Central Perk Coffee House blends nostalgia with contemporary flair, featuring a modernized version of the iconic orange couch as the centerpiece in the space for friends to gather. Other highlights include a bespoke piece by artist Burton Morris and... The Orange Room, a semi-private, reservable area that features a replica orange couch with a neon sign above that reads, The One With. Here, all guests are welcome to create their own moments and write their next episodes with their friends. See? The PR people are keeping busy. Do you get it? Uh, I get it. The I, One With? Dot, dot, dot? I mean, what? they might as well put... You're the... welcome to write your own next episode with your friends. Oof. Oof, that is a tough look, man. I mean, that's the kind of thing that should be like a temporary part of an exhibit at the Museum of Science or something. Our mission was to reimagine Central Park as it would look and serve as a gathering spot for friends today. The space conveys the Central Park state of mind, a place where people make memories, fall in love, commiserate, tell secrets, and share laughter. Yeah, okay. I mean, among problematic parts of this is that Central Park enjoyed a proximity to Central Park. <laughs> and we've got, a, there is right at the end of Newbury Street, an iconic park, but they're not using that. Right. So this is like the Empire State Building <laughs> Room in Boston at the foot of the John Hancock building. The Central Park Coffee House will have a Friends-themed menu along with two outdoor patios and a charming street-side parklet to invite fans and visitors to savor their moments al fresco. <laughs> the, oh, fresco's another great one. the iconic indoor cafe will also be included central park was far more than just a coffee shop it stands as a living testament to the enduring legacy and adoration that fans hold for friends 
said Peter Van Roden, SVP, Warner Brothers Discovery Global Themed Entertainment. Central Park Coffee House perfectly balanced. meets Crocs. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> Providing a contemporary atmosphere complemented by food and beverage offerings that celebrate the iconic series. We are beyond thrilled to welcome fans from around the world to Boston, where they can savor a delicious cup of coffee and create new and lasting memories with their friends. Come down to iconic Boston, New York. <laughs> right here. The problem is with Newbury Street is full of... They delayed their launch because of Matthew Perry's death, just FYI. Oh, good. Uh, Out of respect. Um, Newbury Street is cosmopolitan mecca in Boston. It's where you go to get a taste of the rest of now the Now it's a theme park. Yeah, but it's like uh, but the Armani Cafe is across the street. Like, but, but everything's turned into like a weird Las Vegas with like a tiny Eiffel Tower in it. Like it's not, you know, nothing's like real anymore. Everything's weirdly fake. Central Park sells six blends of coffee. You want to guess any of the names? <laughs> the How You Doing House oh, Blend. Oh. <laughs> Oh, this is—is oh, is this supposed to reach people like our daughter's age who are enjoying resurgence of friends, or, or supposed to reach? Old I assume like me? young people. How you doing? Really? The how you doing house blend, a medium roast called the pivot blend, a dark roast known as we were on a coffee break, the moo point decaf, oh my god, cold blue cold brew blend, and Gunther Espresso. Gunther. A guy who made three appearances with, I, I think, no dialogue. Oh, that so, is... So, anyway, yeah, everything's a theme park now. That is rough. My goodness. I do not feel good about this. I feel like we're doing a disservice to the world uh, by embracing this kind of thing. And I wish it would stop, quite frankly. How you doing? Well, I hate nostalgia because I can't climb up that hill without thinking you I hate nostalgia, I still think about you It's been so long, I'm so lame I hate nostalgia Hope you hate it too Hope you wonder What am I doing and who I'm pursuing I hope you think I lead A really exotic life The way I think about you you probably have a wife of your job and you go to church on Sundays and barbecue on weekends out in your backyard and sometimes think about me. 